0: When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewinder with John Pollock and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewinder Around, for Monday night, downloaded Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewinder up for Monday night on
1: USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello,
0: everybody, and welcome to the season premiere of Rewind to Raw. I am John Pollock along with Waiting. We have kept the, uh, the broadcast team the same for Rewind to Raw going into our new season. The, um, uh, one of the longest running episodic Raw reviews out there. Probably not the longest, but we can
1: say one of, one of
0: many. One of. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Sure. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right. Yeah, doing all right. It's uh, I feel an air of excitement, you know, in the in the wrestling uh, fandom right now. It's it's palpable, as oh, they say.
0: I think the exhaustion is palpable. I'm I am done right now. I this if today was indicative of what is in store for us this week. Oh my god! You're, I, you're- I sat down today at 10 a.m. I I typed, I wrote, and read like
1: nonstop today. It it was like crazy today. Yeah, hopefully uh, it's not like this every single day. Oh. I want oh. I want to be able one day to po- put Pollock's news
0: update. Nothing happened today.
1: And they said nothing. Yeah, and they said you know like remember when we were working at the Fight Network? People were like, how can how can there be enough? Fights. How could there be enough news to cover all fights? I mean, wrestling alone feels like twenty-four hours might not be enough.
0: It's crazy. It, it was crazy by I would say like three o'clock today, much less all the other stuff that happened today. We we have so much uh to go through. Uh we're gonna start off uh going over our brand new schedule that takes effect immediately, and then we're gonna go into the news and then our review of Raw from Phoenix. Arizona.
1: Yeah, that's right. So you're listening to rewind overall right now. Tomorrow is when we move all of our Patreon shows to Tuesdays, starting with ask away, a brand new edition of ask away shows up on our Patreon feed. So if you like our shows enough, consider patreon.com slash post wrestling for all the other days where you might not get one of these special reviews. And then on Wednesday, John up next is back for a review of a huge, huge show. They'll probably be uh, uploading their show late Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night, and maybe uh, uh, I don't know what other f- crazy activities those guys have go- got going on. They've been releasing a ton of Patreon shows themselves, too. So shout outs to uh, the BDE uh, and then the debut of
0: they they also like to mispronounce my name quite a lot on, the, on that show. That's their new thing.
1: Well, uh, you know, it's it's a tough name. As long as
0: they're not spelling it P O L L A C K.
1: I would hope not by this point.
0: Yeah, the they'd be gone. Well, uh the debut, John, of I named it Rewind to Dynamite today in my update. Is that uh is that approved by you?
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, thank you everybody for all of your suggestions. Like God, uh Way EW was a really popular one. Uh Rev- rewind aew blast away blow away um post detonation yeah you know really clever i i really appreciate it i think john and i ultimately (laughs) just
0: i didn't want to say something that i'm just going to be shaking my head at every every week so we went the generic route
1: yeah yeah i also yeah I, you know hopefully that doesn't disappoint some of you i guarantee you'll get used to it uh and as well maybe a part of the schedule change that uh, we want to discuss right now is british wrestling experience will be moving to a friday night time slot uh later on but tomorrow just to give a chance for their audience to catch up they will be releasing a brand new show uh some point wednesday evening so uh the last edition of the british wrestling experience to show up on a wednesday you get that tomorrow
0: Yes. uh, This week, it's Martin and Jamesy, and they're going to be joined by Will Cooling to chat about AEW's UK deal, uh, which which Will Cooling was all over last week. Um, They're going to be chatting about that. They're going to be doing some reviews of Fight Club Pro, the recent Riptide show, and previewing this weekend's uh, WXW Tag Team Festival, which um, uh, Bandito is off of after he was... uh, uh, he, he's been dealing with, with a knee injury and has been working through that. And then after Friday's, uh, ROH show, uh, had to pull out of the TV taping Saturday and this, uh, tag team festival that WXW is putting on this WXW, uh, tag team festival has been hit with a bunch of people that have had to pull out for various reasons. But anyway, looking forward to that. Always great when they have Will Cooling on. So you can check that out on Wednesday before they are moving
1: yeah yeah and that's just uh makes make way for for the rest of the the shows that are coming out on wednesday so we thank the british wrestling experience for that i i mean there's been so much like british wrestling news lately that i almost wish those guys did a show every day because i think there's enough to talk (laughs) about but we we understand they're very busy people Uh, so, uh, that's Wednesday. And then on Thursday at 3 PM Eastern, we have the first edition of the cafe hangout that will be open to all patrons. So if you're a Patreon at any tier of the post wrestling cafe, you have access to a live stream of the cafe hangout at 3 PM. And that allows you to join our chat room to interact with various people. Uh, and also call in, call in at our phone number, Skype and get on the show. Because there'll be plenty to talk about after the uh, premiere of AEW, as well as that huge edition of NXT this Wednesday.
0: Yes, that will be uh, Thursday. So again, if you are a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, all levels now have access to the the live stream of the Cafe Hangout. And with that, the opportunity to call in and you can join the likes uh, our, our our calls of fame, like Brandon from New Jersey. Calls we- of fame. I love it. Just came up with that one off the top of my wow. head
1: our man neil uh you know, yeah and his
0: beautiful dulcet tones that he calls in with um yeah. it, we're, we're on in prime time in his neck of the woods that's um, but yes unlike all, all the uh, AEW out there,
1: <laughs> we got a better crazy. time slot than AEW does man
0: our, our our deal is so good in the UK <laughs> i mean it's better than everybody else's <laughs> so yes yeah. we 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 are airing in prime time live on yeah. thursday nights in, in the UK, in Ireland.
1: Yeah. Everyone can tune in. And then on Friday, it is the big one. And this is going to be a new Patreon show. Real Wine of SmackDown moves to Friday nights on our Patreon feed. Uh, so we mentioned this last week. Um, you know, it's not a move that John and I made lightly because it is one of our core shows. However, it is is the only show that I think we could really sacrifice from our free schedules in order to put behind the paywall. We put out two Patreon shows a week and looking at the schedule, it's not going to be the hangout because we, we have a bunch of guests on who typically we like to uh, allow, be able to share their shows amongst the the public. And we don't want it to be AEW and we don't want it to be raw. So we chose the Saturday show and that is Rewind to SmackDown. So hopefully those of you uh, who choose to listen to us will understand, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. A new Patreon show, Friday nights slash Saturday mornings. Rewind to SmackDown.
0: Yeah, and, and I just want to, like, add on that. You know, obviously, when we're making decisions like that, we're we're trying to satisfy the vast majority of people, knowing that we won't be able to satisfy everybody. But I also want people to know that, like, from day one, Wayne and I have always made it a, a big priority to keep a lot of our stuff free while at the same time, for those people that do choose to support this site, like we are independently run, we don't have a parent company that is, you know, uh, fun- funding this thing. This is this is us, and it, it's run through our listeners. So we ha- we want to be able to give them premium content as well, and when we are able to to be able to support this this site. We're putting a lot back into this site as well, whether it's uh, expanding some of our reporters, being able to get people to file reports for us and continuing to, to grow the site. So, yes, we do have two shows a week minimum that are going to be cafe exclusives. But I mean, as way went over, there are a lot of free shows this week alone. We'll have free shows up. You're listening to this one Wednesday night, Thursday night, Saturday night with the UFC Sunday night. night. With the WWE pay per view, so I, I think that we do have quite a quite a strong balance uh, between the two. So I understand some people that might disagree with this, but this is uh, I, I think the most the most fair and logical decision that Way and I did spend a lot of time discussing ahead of time.
1: Saturday, as John mentioned, uh, can we expect a USC f- two forty three post show?
0: Yes, it's going to be up uh, late Saturday night with myself and Phil. We'll be chatting about the two forty three card from melbourne australia way at marvel stadium where robert whittaker is defending the middleweight title against israel adesanya on a card that has lost holly holm she was going to be returning to the scene where she knocked out ronda rousey in 2015 but she is off due to an injury with raquel pennington so Mm. uh this card is uh it, it really is the main event that is the prime focus but we will see what kind of a card we get so phil and i will be up uh late late saturday night chatting about that show
1: and as John mentioned, Sunday is our Hell in a Cell post show where Double Double Plus patrons can join us live uh, at 11 p.m. So join John and I as we run down that entire card and put a cap on this really, really long week of professional wrestling coverage.
0: Yes. So Sunday night is are, are you sure? Hell in a Cell is this Sunday?
1: Um, Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, OK. Just checking. Is
0: there a card? I mean there are matches. There are a couple There matches. are three matches.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: We'll have to put, put a card together at some point. Um Saturday, anyway. probably Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, Friday night. Maybe maybe on Twitter. Twitter on Saturday. But. That'll be the go home tweet. Uh so that is our schedule, postwrestling.com. Uh if you'd like to join the Post Wrestling Cafe, you can go Post Wrestling com. and joining the cafe. You are entered in a weekly draw to win a post-wrestling prize pack. And that draw is now going to be happening on Wednesdays on Rewind to Dynamite. So you can tune in Wednesday night to find out if you, as a CAFE member, are the winner of a brand new prize pack. Love it. All right. Let us dive into this newsway. Let us not waste any more time. Uh, first up, it was announced uh, by himself, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He will be on SmackDown this Friday night at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, uh, this went out uh, on Twitter. WWE promoted this pretty strong on Raw Monday night, and I'm sure this is this was obviously I'm sure that it was they wanted to get it out as soon as they could to really push this and make this the focus of Friday night. I think it would have been a terrible idea to have them come on as a surprise.
1: Absolutely, yeah, completely. Um, I was almost surprised they didn't announce it earlier, but, I mean, you know, a week out, maybe maximizing the buzz, uh, doing it on a Monday, I, I think makes I, sense. I don't sense. know
0: when this was officially finalized. Like, I'm, right. I don't think this was a case of them just sitting on this for a long time. Sure. Um,
1: Otherwise, they probably would have announced it on an NFL show.
0: I would definitely think if you had that opportunity, like you you would want to have this announcement out there. This is the biggest thing by leaps and bounds for Friday. So, mm-hmm. um this this is not surprise worthy. This and they've done that with The Rock before, not announcing him for uh, appearances on TV. This was not the time to be doing a surprise with The Rock. Yeah. So, yeah. it's good that they at least get like this this solid week at least to uh build it up and I mean, this is going to do a monster number on Friday. Yes. Um any 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 ideas of what he's going to do on the show, anything you, you would see. Do you see him doing anything really uh, storyline heavy, or do you see this being more the rock kind of coming in, doing his rock style of segment, some comedy, and it's it's more just a in-and-out appearance?
1: I see th- that being more the case, you know, the, with all the legends being there, maybe they'll do the WrestleMania thing where he'll interact with Hogan or, or Austin or somebody. Um, this has to be the first
0: time that they have had like we we've seen Hogan, Austin, and Rock together before. They opened up that WrestleMania from the uh, where was it? The uh,
1: the the the, the Silver Dome, Silver Dome, yeah, <laughs> yes. the Silver Superdome,
0: yes. Um, but under one roof, I I'm trying to remember like having you're gonna have Austin, Rock, Hogan, Goldberg Ooh. all together, right? And I know a lot of people they're gonna think, oh, WrestleMania 19, but Goldberg showed up the night after and i'm trying to think if there's hmm. ever been a situation where all four you know really the four pillars of that you know 1998 peak for the industry um these four all together i mean it's a cool photo nonetheless for whoever can snap that and get it on instagram on friday
1: that's right yeah uh yeah it's hard to predict really what what they'll have but i i also you know romans on the show they could always do something there i i i just feel like It won't really have too many lasting ramifications, though, whatever it is. So we've got
0: Dwayne Johnson announced. We've got, God, this is just off the top of my head. They have Hogan, Flair, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, uh, Jesus, Mark Henry, Booker T, uh, Lita. I'm probably forgetting numerous ones. Then we've got the ladder match. We've got Lesnar and Kofi. We've got the women's tag with Charlotte and Bayley against... Charlotte and Becky. And they've also added Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. I have no idea how they are going to fit all this
1: into two hours. Probably the shortest rock promo you've ever seen. I don't think that's going to be the case. Well, then maybe the shortest match between Bailey and Sasha and Charlotte and Becky you've ever seen.
0: I, I have, absolutely like no reason to think this is the case but i wonder if it would like there's just there's so much and with the rock added to this like that you know you've got to clear a lot of time for that i wonder if you do something where somehow the ladder match gets bumped to the pay per view or even it gets you know derailed and they do it the next week like that ladder match could happen the following week because it's it's just i don't know how you can fit all this into two hours without it just being incredibly rushed and that ladder match you could do an angle. Like, Shane has someone take out Owens and delays it a week. Yeah, they can. I mean, they did it tonight.
1: With but the right you have to draft
0: next week, but you also have to have matches on there as well to fill out the two hours. So um, it just seems like it's a lot. So mm-hmm. to put this all together, it just seems like some of these legends that you... You know, there will be weeks when you could really use some of these guys. And I think Austin and Rock alone, like, you've got that. But I, You have Goldberg in there. Hogan, it's just... There's so much
1: to figure in. Like I said, I think you're probably going to get a really big backstage party and just cram everybody in there.
0: Goldberg going to be playing uh poker, at the APA.
1: Yeah. Maybe he'll have a
0: wig. <laughs> now the wig, the wig's gone, the wig is going to be on Wednesday nights. Maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to AEW. Uh, Mike Johnson broke the news that AEW has finalized their deal with TSN um, I'll preface by saying I have reached out to people at TSN and AEW, so I am still awaiting confirmation on this. But uh, Mike Johnson reporting that it is done to begin this week with Dynamite airing live 8 to 10 on TSN. Uh, now, it's also worth noting TSN consists of five different channels up here, so we don't know which TSN channel it is going to be airing in. I would have to imagine with this story out and, I mean, look at your watch, look at your calendar, Uh I would think that TSN has to get this news out on Tuesday.
1: Honestly, I mean, I think they should be grateful that like Mike Johnson reported this on a Monday night during prime hours because, you know, essentially the word is out to anybody who really cares about it. Um, But as far as like official confirmation, they they I'm sure they're they're busy um, creating promos and and whatnot. So uh, really, really, a lot of Canadian fans are obviously very happy to hear this. Yes,
0: um, this has been – I have never had a topic that more people have contacted me about over the last three months. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on. Uh, CM Punk and Colt Cabana have settled their respective lawsuits. Um, you can go read all the details up on the site. We don't have to go through all of the history because it is a very sordid one and a very uh, – uh, it it just has turned into a very ugly fight between these two. The Coles Notes version is that after the Chris Amon trial which happened in June of last year, uh which Punk and Cabana prevailed in, they were left with the legal costs and the disagreement over who was or whether they were going to be splitting the costs or as Cabana asserted that they had agreed that Punk was going to be covering the legal costs. We don't know what their fallout Uh, was over but in the lead up to that trial there was some kind of fallout that led to cabana being dropped by punk's legal representation so cabana had to get his own lawyer and was looking to recoup his own legal costs that he had to uh, incur with hiring his own lawyer so it ended up with uh, cabana filing a lawsuit then this past june punk filed a counter lawsuit and you know they were looking to be going down this path again that these guys had spent years Uh, Having to deal with and then going to a trial and it looked like that was where this was going to end up again. But then uh, last week it was uh, it was filed that they were they were settling and PW Insider added that the case had uh, the two jointly filed for the case to be dismissed and no financial settlement. So both just uh, dropping their claims against the other Punk uh, did get into a back and forth with someone on Twitter who was um, defending Cabana and. Punk, well, I'll just read here what, what he wrote. These were his his responses, uh, stating, Why'd he ask to settle then? I wanted it to go to trial. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, enjoy donating to ev- the eventual woe is me, GoFundMe account. He went on to say, He sued me. He wanted to end the dumb shit he started. I wanted to speak to him. He declined. I asked to enter mediation. He declined. I offered money. It wasn't enough. I never wanted any of it. He's as greedy as you are ignorant. This is to the uh, the Twitter user who he was arguing with. And goes on to add, I love the guy. I would have done anything for him. And the irony is, if he would have just asked for the money, I'd have given it to him. Instead, he tried to extort me. And I did reach out to Colt Cabana and offered him if he cared to share his side or want to comment on the settlement. Uh, he was welcome to do so, but he did decline to comment about this so it's it, it sounds like at, at the end of this um i guess the good news is that this is over hopefully for these two well it is over because it was filed uh with prejudice so they cannot go back to file any lawsuits regarding this matter but you know um obviously an end to a friendship and that mm-hmm. goes back it looks like several years at this point of whatever this falling out uh, came to be over and getting a glimpse into that which is a. Uh, it's it's really just a sad tale of what came from that podcast in now five years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's I think one of the most disappointing you know stories for anybody who's been following the careers of both guys, seemingly the best of friends, and to have it turn this way and being turning out turning it out this way so publicly is I think a, a I guess a reminder that like growing up kind of sucks. And, you know, getting money involved in in anything Um, and lawsuits are just so, so, um, I hope you and I never sue each other, John.
0: I was going to say, I think you and I should make a pact right now that when slash if we ever get sued, we will assume our own legal costs. I promise. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, are you sure about that? Well, what if I, I guess, say something really stupid, and I drag you into this? I'll still, I'll. Realistically, we'd probably be be sued
0: together, would we not? If it was something on our site together.
1: Well, Okay. I don't know. No, I don't even re- want to think about it. But, yeah. Um. It, it the whole situation, like from I don't want to make light of this story. No. It's like it, it's a it's a really. Unfortunate from, story, you know, from beginning I mean, to end, and, and and you know, especially in the case of somebody like Cole Cabana, like we know, he's it's obviously got some real, real damaging ramifications for him. Um, you know, it, you can go on and on about like who you think was right, who you think was wrong. Um, I, I don't think anyone
0: matter. other than the the principals can really make of, of like I don't think all of us know the the complete details. Like mm-hmm. you just you don't know all of it, so I I don't think. I would not be comfortable looking and assessing either, either side at this point because I don't think the full story is out there. Maybe at some point it will be, um, as time goes on and maybe they discuss this further, but uh, I don't get the sense, at least Cabano does not want to talk about it at the moment. But I, I just, I go back to the fact that these guys won their court case. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there is something that really irks me about the fact that this suit was filed and these guys won. But did they really win? Like, I don't know if me, if I was in this position and I had been sued and felt that I was in the right and I decide to fight this and I win, I prove my point that I was in the right and I have a bill at the end of it that says $1.2 million. I don't agree with that at all.
1: Well, that's down to Illinois law, isn't it?
0: And that's, you know, that's a really unfortunate part of the legal system that, um, I, I don't know if, if you go the other extreme that if you are someone that it would be so such a deterrent that you would never want to file a lawsuit if you feel you are wronged because you are so scared of being hit with the legal fees if you somehow lose. But, I mean, in this case, I mean, you just ha- have to look at it um, and it's like it just doesn't fully make sense to me that you, you win your case. And you are proven innocent, and you are the ones left with your legal costs that are astronomical.
1: What's the lawyers who always win? That's
0: that's very true. But I mean, think about people that are not um, at a at a CM Punk level that can absorb uh, legal fees of that are into the seven figures.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's quite frightening to be honest. I'm sure the 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 made for TV movie is is already well in the works. Hmm. I don't know about that. No, you don't think so? Uh, who
0: knows? I don't know if that's going to be a WWE Studios film.
1: <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh,
0: we will keep on going. And next up, we've got uh, the NWA. Did you get a chance to watch the Billy Corgan press conference? Or, or Yes, no? I did. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep. Um, first of all, it, <laughs> was, it was a very hard press conference to listen to. Um, it was just not set up yeah. for for the audio like it was really tricky just, i was it, able to you just, can make it out but it was it was not
1: clean i had to put it on headphones i mean it really just seemed like it was streamed off of somebody's iphone so you know which is fine sometimes but um it, it was a little tougher to to gather the information if if that's what you were looking for here
0: yeah you you almost think like you know it almost could have just been like a conference call yeah I don't
1: know. You know, I look at this maybe more as a live event rather than, like, you know, something that that was meant to be broadcast. Clearly, like, they didn't necessarily put in the the resources into making a proper live broadcasted stream. Um, But you can argue that maybe this would have been better just as a press release. But, you know, for the people that cared enough to watch it live, I mean, this was just a...
0: I, I think this came off you know, if you get over the technical stuff, I, I do think this comes across better than a press release having Billy Corrigan up there yeah. because I, I thought that he was, he was not trying to present this like this, like a lot of these times when companies make these announcements, it's like the greatest news in the world. And I thought Corrigan was very level headed and explained. Like first of all, the details. Um, they, they did their first set of tapings, uh, earlier tonight on Monday, and then they're doing another set Tuesday night, uh, This is in Atlanta, and they're going to be launching their weekly uh, series starting next Tuesday at 6.05 Eastern, and they're going to be putting it out on YouTube and Facebook, and they'll be on demand on both platforms afterwards, as well as going on Saturday nights on Fight TV. They'll be available there as well, and they are calling this NWA Power. Power. Right. There's three R's at the end that hopefully is not a thing. (laughs) Um, so uh, Billy Corgan, I thought he was, he was very honest about it. He said, it is easier for us to put our vision into practice and have a product and be able to show people what our vision is as opposed to pitching people on it. And we cannot keep going at this level. Uh, he is understanding, like we are going to lose money along the way in the hopes that we link up with a partner that shares our vision that can ultimately make this profitable. And I think that's, that's a pretty transparent presentation of what this is that we are not reinventing the wheel by making a show just through YouTube and Facebook. I mean, that is not a long-term business strategy for us. Um, But I will say that I think some of their, like we were talking last week after the 10 pounds of gold episode, that part of the appeal of this series is what is it going to be like? They are pitching it like this throwback And there's almost this curiosity. And when the set photos came out tonight, I think that only enhanced the curiosity because they are taking you back to 1980 in this. This is a time warp Mm -hmm. in this studio. And I don't know if you can pull off an like this is great for like a retro night. I don't know if you can do a whole promotion like this, but we're going to see like they are going for something totally different that at least visually from those photos separates them from everybody else
1: the set looks really cool like it, thi- it almost
0: like feels it's going like to be a museum. it's going to be heavily nostalgic for people that grew up on jim crockett promotions or any yeah. kind of small studio wrestling and we're we're going to find out if it's if it can be viable but i think that there's at least a curiosity to check the first episode out
1: and that's a lot more than i can say i think for a lot of promotions you know who try to get off the ground like and we're talking about Like NWA, who I think it's been a really long time, like since I I feel there's been this level of buzz with anybody attached to this brand, like I'm, you know, back to the TNA days. So um, the fact that they're making a goal of this and I think coming up with a very unique, um, you know, uh, direction for their show that nobody else is seemingly fulfilling right now is a great start. So um, they did their first tapings today. I'll certainly be checking out the first episode.
0: Yeah, they're going to turn these around, so it'll be the first episode will be up next Tuesday at 6.05. So your Tuesday night block now is NWA followed by Impact Wrestling. Then Total Divas. And Total Divas, you're right. Wow, Tuesdays Which are just... M- moves to Tuesdays. That's right. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. They are moving it to Tuesdays. Do you think strategically that that's... Um, do you think that was an, a necessary move, or do you, Honestly, you like- feel that there was going to be the crossover with... NXT and AEW to Total God, Divas. God, hell
1: no. Like, I I know... Like, I talk about... I'm a Total Divas fan. I do reviews of Total Divas, and I know from per, me personally... You are the overlap in the Venn diagram. I am the only person who probably watches both <laughs> NXT and Total Divas. That does not really cross over at all. So, putting it on Tuesday, I think it's a better night for it. Really, they could have put it on any night. It ran, like, head-to-head with pay-per-views before. On Sundays. That's so, I, I think they're trying to attract a totally different audience. Though so this year... With Ronda being part of the cast, it might be different. However, I still feel like it'll be probably quite a different audience from your typical uh, wrestling viewing crowd.
0: Yeah, so that that's launching uh, tomorrow night. And then we have uh, some of the news coming out of the weekend, and this feels like ages ago, was Friday Night's Insanity involving uh, Roosh and his father, uh, La Bestia Del Ring, and then his uh, Rush's brother dragon lee brought into all of this so um the recap version which let me tell you after i finished recording with with mike on friday night i had to record like three different tags at the end to update all of this because stuff was first it was the the video went up with Rush and his dad announcing they were going independent so i did an update for that and was like processing it. And then CMLL put out their statement. So I had to cut that. And then I had to redo the update. And suffice to say, I went to sleep at about 3.30 a.m. on Friday night slash Saturday morning. And I was a zombie the entire day on Saturday. These these late nights are... I'm just old, dude. Jump to my really, schedule. Oh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Like, I was just... I had so little energy on yeah. Saturday. Um, So anyway... Roosh, La Bestia Del Ring, uh, and Dragon Lee are all done with CMLL. Um, CMLL put out their statement stating that they were firing Roosh and Dragon Lee, which was kind of, Dragon Lee they kind of cut ties with. Uh, He was not in that initial video saying they were going independent, but obviously there was unrest with CMLL. And then uh, earlier on Monday, a video came out with Roosh and uh, his father And pretty much just going over some of their reasons that, you know, they were loyal to Paco Alonso, the the longtime owner of CMLL who died in July. Um, They had no issue with his daughter, Sofia Alonso, and they they would not state uh, who they had their issues with, but that uh, they no longer have that loyalty and Roosh was pretty pissed about the fact of how they they treated dragon lee by putting out that announcement on friday night that he too uh was being let go so uh there's a lot going on in cmll right now there are a lot of people unhappy and this is a big loss for them losing roosh and dragon lee
1: yeah but their loss is somebody else's gain so who do you think
0: well roosh is under contract to ring of honor and what it would suggest to me is that he'll get his ROH dates, uh, but he will be a very coveted independent in Mexico. And I think this guy's going to do tremendously well down there and can pretty much just shop him out himself out to the highest bidders. Like if, if you're getting a deal with him and dragon Lee that are just going to go where they please, I think there'll be a lot of suitors, but the interesting dynamic to all of this is what kind of a position does this put ring of honor in that? They were willing to use Dragon Lee on Friday when Dragon Lee was not being booked by CMLL for their anniversary show that night. And does, what is the state of uh, CMLL's relationship with Ring of Honor now with, you know, they, they've put their title on Roosh. So it's a very interesting power play uh, Mm -hmm. where it seems like ROH is we're going with Roosh and Dragon Lee and CMLL. If that fractures that relationship, so be it is how it feels coming out of this weekend. If if they're even kind of on on board with everything that's happened, like this f- happened very quickly on the weekend. And how will
1: that affect the New Japan relationship with both companies? You know that entire oh. triangle. I mean ROH or New Japan. I this past year, mess. yeah, has been a really interesting kind of dynamic between the two. Anyway, does this just further increase that divide?
0: You know, I year in year out, I was always amazed that Ring of Honor. Uh, Like these three groups, like they worked in such unity with one Mm -hmm. another. And it was just stunning in professional wrestling to see these groups year in, year out. It was like, you know, you could could nitpick, you could say, you know, they became too reliant on New Japan talent, whatever. But they all felt like they were pretty much on the same pages. Like every year without fail, you get the Fantastica Mania cards. You would get CMLL talent coming up to ROH. You'd send down, you know, your Matt Tavins of the world down to CMLL. Everything was working fine, and then in the last six months, it just seems like all of this has gone to hell, and, you know, as recently as just a few weeks ago when they did those Global Wars tours with ROH and the CMLL talent, it seemed like they were doubling down on the CMLL relationship, and then this past weekend happened, so who's to say where that relationship goes after this? I would imagine that there's got to be some communication going on and figuring out, like, what are we, what's going on here? Because you have just fired the guy that we put our championship on and he wants nothing to do with your company. Um, And and he's a commodity for us. And can he even use the name? He cannot use the name. Even in ROH. I don't believe so. Like CMLL, to my understanding, CMLL owns that trademark.
1: What a mess. And I love it. Like I'm just sitting here with my popcorn enjoying the show. Yeah, so
0: I'm sure that there's going to be much more to this story. And Roosh is holding a press conference on Wednesday. So that should be something to uh, look out for. And the final thing here. uh, Oh, were you surprised at all? Matt Taven resigning with Ring of Honor. This was uh, announced during the
1: tapings on Saturday. Not surprised, um, especially once I heard maybe some of the figures being batted around. And I'm like, really? (laughs) like Seriously? But no, not at all. uh, Really surprised. I think it's a great fit for him. I think he probably made
0: the the best decision for him. And I I think Matt Taven, he does catch a lot of flack, some of it unwarranted, some I I understand. I mean, I think he was in a position that people didn't quite accept him in this term uh, as the ROH champion. And coming out of that Madison Square Garden show, I think a lot of the angst towards ROH, kind of, he had to shoulder that. Um, He's a very good performer. Uh, And I think that, him going in now the title is off him they flipped him into this baby face role i think that that's they can go down a different direction with him now and we'll see where things go with him uh final thing here uh this had been reported earlier by mike johnson but wwe confirming it today 205 live moving to friday nights beginning this friday and um you know as i had been told like there have been several options on the table for 205 live and it doesn't seem like There is, at least the last I had heard, like a concrete idea long-term for 205 Live. So we'll very much wait and see uh, the fate of 205 Live ultimately.
1: I believe the 10th of 14 hours of WWE programming this week. I I cannot
0: even fathom it. I am going to say right now, um, me watching 205 Live every week is about impossible. That I could not imagine tacking that on at the end.
1: You know, um, I, I'm I'm really kind of curious to know what ideas they might have for that slot. I personally don't see this like lasting that long. To me, it just seems like it's it might be a temporary stopgap while they come up with something else that that makes use of that time. But yeah, I, I I can't really say my interest is is all that high for it either.
0: Yeah, it's you know, it's it's kind of it just it it exists. It is a show that exists, and that's that's what's going on there. So. Man, a lot of news, and I'm sure that this is going to continue uh, throughout this week. So, um, uh, f- final thing, real final thing uh, for the last time. So, it it has been reported by, by several outlets that Cain Velasquez has been in talks with not just WWE, but several companies. And I think that this is, I think ultimately this is going to be very interesting of how... Like, what is what is the language in that UFC contract? Because back in July, when he spoke to Mark Ramondi, he insinuated that he would be able to do WWE, which I find shocking that UFC would sign a contract where this guy
1: could potentially walk onto WWE television. Yeah, if he could do WWE, then what's, you know, like, what can't he do? What What company can't he work for? Like, what's the point of having any sort of limitations with Kane?
0: Y- yeah, and... I can imagine it's one of those where Kane might believe that and UFC might believe another. And we're ultimately going to see like what, like this guy negotiating with WWE, that's a much bigger, different deal than, you know, he's working some dates for AAA.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: Anyway, it just sounds like, you know, the, these talks are definitely very real, uh, with, with WWE. And obviously like there is, you know, the, If you're thinking about Kane Velasquez, and if you're looking at AEW, if you're looking at New Japan, if you're looking at WWE, who is the opponent for Kane Velasquez? It's in WWE. Yep, certainly. All right, Baron Corbin, right? Who did you think I was talking about?
1: Yeah, Baron.
0: Huge. Um, King versus Kane. Yeah, The Undertaker and Kane. Or or Kane versus Kane. The new Kane. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> How late into the show are we? Is this the, is this the latest?
1: We're I think several... we're about thirty nine minutes in. No, it's Actually, not even. We that were late.
0: pretty good. We were pretty efficient. I think yeah. with, with with the news. I always like talking about the news with you, Wei. I find it very. Uh,
1: I love it. I always
0: like your perspectives. You always bring about uh, things that I have not thought about.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, and this is something we'll continue to do across all our shows. So, Correct. yeah. If you don't like it, just like check out the timestamp and skip ahead. But I feel oh, like most I'm... people really like it
0: just uh just
1: accept and just be
0: like oh okay this is how it is i got it we we could all try and do that a little
1: bit in our you could listen to whatever you want it's it's not a big deal
0: the talking stick resort arena in phoenix arizona
1: yeah is that a brand too like talking stick they sell talking sticks i'm sure it's a Probably like a mobile company or something like that. Talking stick resort. I mean, it's an actual. Oh, it a, it's r- like a resort. A First Nations thing. Okay. Talking stick. Oh, it's like a speaker staff. An instrument of Aboriginal democracy used by many tribes.
0: Just, okay. It's it's not a mobile company.
1: Um, No, this is when not we, yet.
0: Us as Canadians, we try and uh, guess stuff. And then we hear from residents of a certain part of.
1: I think US. this is the only way I learn these days. Like you know, things that are named after arenas I, that I end up googling. It's the only way I learn.
0: Yes. Well, we can we can inform everyone what Ro- what Rogers is for the Rogers Center. Mm-hmm. That's what we can contribute. Uh, by the way, tonight on my TV guide, I checked my local Fox affiliate, which would obviously be the same as yours. SmackDown is airing on both Sportsnet three hundred and sixty, and it's listed on my Fox affiliate. So you would. Uh, huh. That that happened with the UFC as well when they would be on Fox. You would have no multiple... they would probably
1: s- take the same stream though. They take they would take a SportsNet stream, I would assume.
0: I would assume so. Yeah. yeah. Um but the Fox affiliate will have that 7:30 p.m. I think they're calling it the blue carpet special, but it's uh, like okay. all the arrivals and stuff, which SportsNet is not carrying because they're they've got the 1-hour NXT in that slot.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yes. Cool. Thanks for the programming notice. That's that's what I'm here for. And what about uh, tomorrow's uh, AEW countdown? I mean, no official... I, as of now, no official word from TSN, but probably, probably shouldn't I, expect that.
0: I don't know if they'd be able to get that up. They're going to be announcing Jericho's partners on the countdown special. Yes. Now. Yes. I wonder if that means it'll be LAX.
1: Ooh, so that people don't get disappointed?
0: I could... S- you know, I I don't think it would be met with disappointment if they did that live. I mm-hmm. just feel that when you're doing the surprise, it's got to be something somewhat shocking and not like a yeah. um Bobby Lashley or an LAX. <laughs> right. And I'm not I'm not equating the two really to be right. honest. Uh tonight's angle we w- we will get into, but you know, LAX it's like if th- if they were going to be the surprise I wouldn't have done the, the run-in already. I would have saved them for the first night. And then you get that big surprise pop, like, oh, they're here.
1: Yeah, uh, part of me wonders, like, you know, like, how much of that might have had any something to do with the fact that Pac, you know, was a fill-in for John Moxley. And if he wasn't, would he have been a surprise for that particular show? And since he wasn't, did they feel the need to get somebody else?
0: Yeah. Well, I could definitely see it being uh... – LAX, or whatever they're calling themselves now. Is it Proud and Powerful? I didn't hear that, but okay. That's what their like, Twitter handles proud are. Proud and changed. Powerful. Pap. 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 Yes. yes. The Paps. Did you get to see the wedding angle on Impact on on the weekend?
1: <laughs> I only saw the short clip that you texted me. Um, so unfortunately, no.
0: <laughs> I'll say this about Impact, okay? And then we'll really get to our raw review. They have gone through many changes in their their years. They've gone to a dozen, like, cable homes. They've been all over the place. But, man, if there's one – the only thing consistent in Impact Wrestling from beginning to end, they know how to do a wedding segment is all I will say.
1: Mm -hmm. Cool.
0: This thing was like – it was like your over-the-top, like, but, like, funny comedy. Mm -hmm. Legitimately funny comedy. And then you had a really heavy angle at the end with Sammy Callahan, Brian cage and Melissa Santos to build the main event for bound for glory, which is turning into be like one of the, like a very strange card on paper, but in a good way, like I am curious to see Ken Shamrock and moose and, uh, you know, the lineup, Michael Elgin, now Michi Marafuji, um, Dr. Wagner jr. Is on the card against the rascals. Like, it's just like this weird buffet of professional wrestling that they have,
1: put together for bound for glory. Great tagline. The buffet, the weird buffet. Yes. Although
0: they are doing a whole weekend of events. I know I'm going on all these tangents, but on Friday, they're doing an event called prelude to glory on Saturday. They're doing an event called all glory. And then Sunday is bound for glory, which if it's a prelude to glory, That would insinuate, like, glory is coming. So, like, if you're still bound for glory on Sunday, where is the glory? Like, is the glory not the event? Or are we supposed to say, like, at the end of the night, that's when you achieve glory? And what's Saturday? All glory. Like, this event is all glory, and then tomorrow we're suddenly bound for it again.
1: You know, this is why you're you're the journalist. You always ask the right questions. This is how exhausted I was on Saturday. As I'm watching Impact,
0: I'm typing up notes, and I'm thinking to myself, like, logically, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, anyway. Let's let's get into Raw for real right now.
1: Updated signature. People who who came here because of the time code are really going to be upset.
0: Oh, I'm making your life difficult finding the time code, but here we are. Uh, The signature uh, was updated, and then we went into the new Raw anthem. It's called
1: Legendary by skillet yeah yeah it's great it's a good one i mean it's it's like any other i would i would say this one's not really offensive uh you know i don't i don't know did you think that it was like what did you think of it
0: uh the song yeah um it sounded like a song that they would get for raw
1: if i if that makes sense like it it sounded i would say exactly that like kind of you know, not that it'll be memorable by the time that, you know, next week or three weeks comes around because we'll have heard it so much. But like, I would it it's hardly like, holy shit, did you hear that skillet song on Monday? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not calling up my friends to be like, you got to listen to this song. It's it's never that. But it's not also not offensive. So I think that's as much as we can ask for. Then we have our new Raw announced team. Wait a second, Vi- what did you think of the,
0: about the set? Oh yeah, the set. Um, it was it looked fine. Like I saw the pictures of it earlier, and you know, it's it's an updated look for Raw, but I don't think so jarring that it's uh, a drastic change from the old set. Uh, it was
1: uh, it, it looked fine. I feel like it was probably the biggest step up they've had in years. You know, I I thought it looked incredible, especially with all the pyro that they added to it. I love the curves and just how massive the entire screen is. To me, like, it feels, you know, rather than just a a variation on the same type of Titan Tron stage type of set we've seen for the past 20 years, to me, this feels definitely like more, like like they're thinking more outside the box. And I'm curious to know if SmackDown will be any different or if it'll be a similar set.
0: So, then we go in, yeah, I imagine that the SmackDown set will probably be something pretty pretty big different i hope so i hope that it has a Mm -hmm. different look i don't i don't want to see just like uh the blue version of this yeah likewise vic joseph
1: dio madden and jerry lawler are the announcers for the show and yeah could you imagine the pressure for like these guys you know the first time as far as i know the three of them have ever worked together and it's live on raw i think
0: that it's It was very evident at the beginning of the show, especially for the big angle. Um, It kind of lacked the – it felt like they were a little gun-shy, especially, you know, Dio Madden being in this position and even for Vic Joseph as well. This is a major step up for him. Um, That I actually think during the early part of the show, I did think it was kind of Jerry Lawler that was doing a lot. Doing a lot of, like, getting them through this because I think it took – joseph and madden most of the show to get into their comfort zone uh, yeah because it was not they were not there at the beginning
1: i i abs- you know certainly like when the king was announced i think he was the most controversial name to be added to the co- broadcast team at least amongst star circles but hearing him here i totally understand why vince thought he was necessary and i think he was right because you know imagine if you're a viewer who doesn't follow news online doesn't hear about any of this you're used to hearing uh, michael cole you're used to hearing uh, uh you know renee even like todd tom phillips or or byron saxton you turn on this show like who who are these voices like who are these two and i think it requires the familiarity of somebody like a jerry lawler that everybody's is familiar with if you're you've be, if you've been a long time wrestling fan to just like, kind of like you know make things feel a bit more like home And I thought, like you said, you know, to me, he was almost the veteran voice kind of leading the broadcast here. So I thought he actually was a necessary uh, part of this and probably somebody there to like ease the the other two into the transition.
0: Then we go on and Ray, first of all, Lawler is saying, oh, it looks like we're going to start with a universal title match, but it's Ray coming out in street clothes and he comes out. Dominic is in the front row. He's wearing this uh, stylish-looking jacket with him and Eddie from Halloween Havoc 97. Yeah, on the back. Really cool. Very cool look. And he says he is here because of Dominic. And Dominic's just watching his dad from the front row. And he goes to continue speaking when Brock Lesnar's music hits. And he comes out with Paul Heyman. Lesnar snatches the mic away from Ray, hands it over to Heyman... But then Ray snatches it from Paul. And I guess that is a no no as Brock lost it. And he attacked Ray with two F5s. And then Lesnar leaves Ray laying. He goes to the floor. He walks up to Dominic. They shot from this low angle, like behind the barricade next to Dominic. So Brock looked like a monster walking up to Dominic. And you think he's going to walk away? But then he grabs Dominic and just throws him over the barricade. He lifts up Dominic, nearly loses him on his shoulders, just like deadlifts him up and drives him into the post, and then takes Dominic into the ring. He goes to release German suplex Dominic. I thought Dominic landed in Munich after this German. From there... <laughs> <What> the <fuck? laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he delivered another. Dude, Dominic flew on this goddamn thing. I he just it was unbelievable.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. No, I'm just I'm laughing about the Munich. God.
0: All right. He hits Ray with another F5. He vertical suplexes both. Then the agents run in, he beats down Pat Buck. He attacks Fit Finley. Crowd is chanting asshole and like my negative was like the announcers did not call this with the intensity yeah. that it required it mm-hmm. they came off way too reserved mm-hmm. and either, Lawler, either like this is this is not lawler's forte either to be calling like the big dramatic call either so i yeah. thought that lessened
1: it a bit but man was this a very intense angle to start the show i agree with you about the commentary to me there were moments where i felt like it felt too much like acting, and I guess that's to say, you know, it wasn't good acting because it was noticeable that way. There are moments that where I feel like the older team with of Renee and, and Graves and, and Cole would have certainly treated this with a lot more seriousness. Or they'd simply lay out, which I think might have served this particular team better. So, you know, but it's something that it's, it's a big ask, I think, for a, a novice team to try to, like, call an angle like this as your very first segment on a live broadcast. So I wouldn't fault like Vic Joseph or, or, um, uh, deal Madden all that much. Um, we are certainly seeing a team who had their first day on the job. And I think it'll take some time in coaching for all of them to be able to pull off something like this a bit more effectively. But the angle itself was like, man, really hot. Great way to grab your attention to start the show. Brock is like magnificent in the setting, like the ability that he has to really like just act like. A, a rabid dog is really incredible he really draws you in and he he did a great job here this was a phenomenal angle
0: um I, I thought very very well done brock was just presented as such a big monster um ray ray is always great as like the the undersized underdog but man i thought dominic was great too
1: because he flew I just even his even as facial reactions and just I don't know I don't I, know how much of a facial reaction the dude actually had like the whole time Dominic was on camera, I was paying way more attention to his two friends sitting next to him who I thought showed way more person like emotion from Dominic who I think has one expression and that's Dominic.
0: I th- I thought he he looked scared. I mean I don't I don't know uh, what reaction you're supposed to have is this big monster approaches you
1: well I maybe your definition of scared is that and and sure it works um and obviously you know with him actually being Ray's son, it's it you know it works but i just don't think he's to me a great actor where do you think
0: that this should go because this this was much more than just uh brock getting some heat going into the kofi match like this is there needs to be a comeback from ray in
1: some sort Completely. I mean, my first thought was per- perhaps Saudi Arabia.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I I think they got to do something, and maybe as as early as, as Friday during the Kofi match, like Ray coming back in, in some form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into it later. Um, there was a promo from Heyman later on in in the show, teasing something as well. But uh, very very well done angle and. They show during the break, Dominic, they did the whole stretcher, taking him out, and Ray is in tears, apologizing to Dominic. And, God, could you imagine a story where it's like, five, six years from now, Dominic, like, grows into, like, becoming this, and he goes to avenge Brock Lesnar one day, and this angle gets replayed? Um... Yeah,
1: I could I could imagine that. Um, Dominic
0: goes on excursion somewhere, and then he comes back just just jacked, and he's ready to kill Brock.
1: <laughs> he turns into Walter, basically. Yes, exactly. they should just have Walter. They could just like, get Walter Dominic come back
0: in a year yeah. and call
1: Walter Dominic. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Cap- he got Mars. into a time machine and came back to avenge his younger self. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's like the the Stefan Urkel of (laughs) WWE. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think Ray's acting continues to be really good. I do have to say I find the scenario a little bit difficult for me to feel all that sympathetic because this is not like Dominic when he was eight years old. This is a 22-year-old grown man in a trained wrestler that, you know, has been made. We're aware that he's training to become a wrestler. So Ray treating this like his son just got caught in like a drive-by shooting, I I found it maybe a little bit tough to get into.
0: Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss was our first match. Becky Lynch was on commentary, and this was really weird because she stood up on top of the announcer's table and was holding up the title as we went to break, and I don't think she ever got down. I think she just stood on this desk for the whole match. Sitting's unhealthy.
1: You know, we know like she she likes to keep she does CrossFit and maybe she just got tired.
0: Banks tried to do Nikki Cross's spot with the ring skirt and trapping her in there, but didn't remain there very long. And then we just hear that ambulance siren out of nowhere, and everyone's looking for Scott Steiner, but it's just the sound of Ray being taken away with Dominic in the ambulance as the whole crowd can hear the ambulance, which I I, I don't know if it's the most uh realistic that you would hear this (laughs) siren but i like that kind of attention to detail that uh, there's like this this ominous uh uh, shadow over top this match which is a Dominic clinging to life with his father
1: yeah i don't know if the sand would travel that far from like but not well we don't know where the the ambulance was you know could have been still in the arena itself in the back so. Uh,
0: Lawler then informed us that Lesnar is being questioned by the authorities. Mm-hmm. All the things we have seen this man do ripping off car doors and nearly hitting people in the crowd. This was the step too far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, a child. He's a teenager. As Jerry Lawler said, even though he's a 22 year old, even though he's a trained wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Bliss missed a standing moonsault. Sasha
0: hit a shining wizard, Becky is still on this desk standing and then Becky fakes an injury. She starts calling for Bailey who's not there and then kicks Alexa's knee and pins her at 423.
1: Man, I I thought it was a terrible finish considering this was Alexa Bliss, a main event tier competitor in your division like.
0: She got really outsmarted well, here, like du- like looking dumb.
1: Yeah, and just kind of thrown away as if like she was not that big of a I don't know. Difficult feat for Sasha Banks. Uh, I think it's one thing if this was like even somebody like Nikki Cross, but Alexa Bliss, I think, you should have been treated with, with a bit more respect or a bit more care in a loss like this.
0: So yeah, um, not not a great finish to this match, and yeah, Alexa really just kind of a background player here. Becky then chases her uh, Sasha away. Banks goes into the crowd, and Becky says she can't run on Sunday. All those attacks have woken that Irish thing in me, and retribution is coming around. That Irish thing has been awoken. The Irish thing. Yeah. They all have that. Yeah. The Irish thing. Mm -hmm. They plug The Rock's appearance for SmackDown, and then Charlie threw to a recap of last week's Firefly Funhouse. She goes to interview Seth Rollins. And he can only think about what Lesnar did to Ray and Dominic. He is disappointed and disgusted because it's a line you just don't cross. But now he's moving on to The Fiend. And you cannot game plan for The Fiend. He's worked too hard to go quietly. He's going to survive, prevail, and walk out as champion. And said that Ray is in no condition to compete. But when he is, he will give him that universal title match. And he's promised to defend the title tonight, and that's what the people are going to get. So we will have Seth Rollins, the fighting champion, face somebody later tonight. Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, versus Heavy Machinery for the Raw Tag titles. Lawler said that you could call Heavy Machinery the Tank Brothers,
1: Sherman and Septic. (laughs) And then, like, Deal Madden, I believe, he said, well, no matter what sort of tank... You don't want to get in the way of it, even if it's septic. <laughs> oh, they—they they, they didn't. It was a—it was. They certainly didn't have a great week one chemistry. I felt.
0: What about when Otis was in there and we got the fat bastard get in my belly reference?
1: Well, we know he was uh, a really effective commentator. I think in the late nineties, for a reason. Yeah this was a reference from then. Uh actually Luke, it was probably from what?
0: Ninety nine was it was the Cold second member? One that fat bastards in, right?
1: I think that's the it f- was the first the third
0: one, one is ninety seven. The second one I believe was ninety nine.
1: Cold members two thousand two.
0: Oh wait, no, you're right. There yeah. was there was one in between
1: there. Yeah. The the spy who shagged me. Yes. Ninety nine. You're man, you're good. I try to remember this stuff for you way. Wrestling um, and Austin Powers trivia. <laughs> that's where <laughs> that's what you excel. Good for um rude
0: pulls the rope down tucker falls they get the heat on him until otis gets the hot tag this crowd loved otis um he does a spinning slam to ziggler both are down we get a double caterpillar but then the compactor gets stopped with a zigzag to tucker super kick to otis he's sent into the post and then a super kick and glorious ddt put tucker down 11 minutes 10 seconds as ziggler and rude retain the tag titles
1: yeah, you know, uh, they continue to do a great job, I think, setting Otis up as a fan favorite. He's already really connecting with his audience, and in particular, like, women and children, and, and really everybody. He's just, like, a really fun character, and I think the change to tights, showing off that belly, you know, makes him a lot more memorable. So, y- despite the loss, I think it's, this is a good level for him, and I think, you know, hopefully with the with the split, um, Heavy Machinery, in particular, Otis is, is somebody that gets a lot more uh you know focus
0: yeah i think that there's i don't know if they they go all the way with with these two um but they're like a really good act together in particular otis uh, at the moment like i think he's he's really over with this crowd very charismatic and you know it's uh yeah it's 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 an entertaining act and the crowd really
1: got into him he was like the high point of this match for them i think oh man i keep i don't even remember tucker I see. Like uh, my point was that I, the other dude is really forgettable, and I like I don't even remember his name. And I think in order to really balance out to make sure this act is is a good team, I feel like they they should they they have to maybe make more of an effort to try to put some of the spotlight on him, give him something special, and and so that it doesn't just feel like it's you know a, a one man show. Then we
0: get a shot of Hogan and Ric Flair and Jimmy Hart, who came along. Yeah, they were coming out. We had Miz TV where Miz, first of all, mentions Ray and Dominic. And when he gave his prayers and thoughts to Ray and
1: Dominic, this crowd booed. Yeah, because I don't think people really have that much sympathy for Dominic. Wow, that's heartless. Again, it's a 22 year old like man, you know, like how old is Tyler Bate? Wait a minute, he was a, he was a minor a minute ago that we were pressing criminal charges against Brock, but now he's 22 and he's a grown man that just got beaten well, up. Well, it's one thing for the WWE to tell you to feel sorry, and it's another you know, to ask the audience whether or not they actually feel that way.
0: Maybe because he was a fan. He's not, he's not a member of the roster, so he attacked a fan. Mm. Can't be doing that. He said that after just having a second child, there is no telling what I would do. If someone put their hands on my child. Stone Cold Miz. Yeah. First he introduces Ric Flair. This was awesome. Okay. He comes out. And as always he's identified as 16 time champion. But Titan Titantron reads 17 time champion. He needs to be like a style guide.
1: That lists, well, he like, can
0: start at 19, and then you could argue more above that. But like you're starting at 19, so that like they don't even have their their own made up history on the same page here because the announcers were calling him. The, I think Miz called him the 16 time champion.
1: God, who knows at this point?
0: But he's always been 16 in WWE history,
1: so this was just weird. This was making like 16 and a half. Split yeah. the difference
0: a lot. Yeah, that could be it. Ric Flair tells Miz that he's clean, and he always has loved the Miz. Hogan comes out next with Jimmy Hart. Just gave me like terrible reminders of that pairing. I know the figure four haunting. Yeah, Flair again reiterates his love for the Miz, but he's tired of hearing Hogan's music for the last thirty years. So Hogan does a woo, and Flair says, "You may have been the best draw." along with Austin and Taker, but no one touches me in the ring. And he heels on the crowd. He says, in this ring, I have no equal. And Hogan asks, do you want to take one more run at me? And the place got to their feet when Flair took his jacket off. These people are masochists to think of these two fighting at it. And they tease it, but then they shake hands, and Flair was just kidding. The crowd chants, one more match. And then Flair, in a very honest statement, says, I want to check with as many zeros as Hogan. And that sets up our five-on-five tag match for Crown Jewel. A team captain by Hulk Hogan versus a team captain by Ric Flair with the two serving as coaches. They will not be wrestling in this match.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm... (laughs) I feel sorry for anybody who truly thought, like, Ric Flair coming out of, God, like, a near-death near death. experience. Near-death experience. Would actually get back into a ring and wrestle. So, um, I don't think anybody wanted to see it anyway, honestly. like Oh, these people,
0: c- clearly, I was not expecting this level of enthusiasm Jesus. for this tease, because, <laughs> my God, could you...
1: Like I can't no, imagine it. Absolutely you're, 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 you're no gonna, way. You're gonna ask me if I could imagine it, and I really can't. But you know, I think this is a a, a really good way to to get the legends involved. They could be all over the advertising, uh, all the posters, and you know, both Flair and Hogan will get their big paydays. So, a
0: few things here. They they announce Hogan announced his team captain is going to be Seth Rollins. Flair doesn't even have time to introduce his captain because they played Randy Orton's music too early and Flair just nodded like, yeah, that guy, uh, Orton comes out and tells Rollins to crawl out of Hogan's ass and suggests that they have a captain's match. And they say, let's do it right now. And then they, they had a pre-match with the carpet and trying to get it out of here as uh, Orton is helping the
1: crew get the carpet out of the ring. Yeah, sure. Sure. This was uh, yeah. so, uh, quite the visual. You know, I thought this segment was notable uh, with, with you know, the the fact that Ric Flair had a live mic for the first time, I feel like, in yep. forever. Like, he, yep. he, we've he seen him and got the, to talk here. We've seen him in the back. We've seen him, like, come out the last time they did the MSG show, and he was just, like, standing there. And didn't even get a chance to talk. So he they, got to do
0: a real promo here, which he never—even he, yeah. when they let him talk, it's just—it's always such a— It's crazy.
1: But, it's— it, yeah. It's wild and unpredictable. Like if Brock Lesnar has like that air of unpredictability in his in-ring, I think Ric Flair is like the in-ring equivalent of like a wild, rabid dog like Brock Lesnar is uh, when he's on the microphone. Because you never know what like, wh- it, like you always feel like, oh, can this dude go off script? Or at the very least, like, you know, he was stepping all over like the Miz and it's somewhat unpredictable. But it really worked well here, so... You know, why were they willing to allow this, but not in the other segments, you think?
0: Uh, they clearly, well, they had a match to push, and I guess they felt like they had to set this up with promos. Like, you you couldn't establish Flair and Hogan as these captains setting up a match without some conflict.
1: Because, I, I mean, you know, stumbles aside, or, like, stepping over other people aside, I thought Flair was actually really good here. Like, him setting up, like, the, the, the beef with Hogan, and just him doing his Flair stick, like, I thought he was great. Yeah,
0: there was the one line like you—you you can tell like his his hearing is probably not what it used to be right. if you've seen some interviews with him. And there was the one line like Miz had to repeat what he had just said because Flair looked like couldn't hear him.
1: And Miz did a great job too. You don't have Miz, Miz was it. fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so anyway, before the match can begin with Rollins and Orton, Corbin runs out and we get this double team where Corbin attacked Rollins with the scepter. They're double teaming him. Rusev runs down and fights off Orton and Corbin. Uh, with Rollins landing a suicide dive to Orton. The crowd is chanting Rusev Day, and then Rollins and Rusev leave to Hogan's theme, and the three of them pose at the top of the ramp.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: we got a million jokes about the brand-new U.S. citizen Rusev becoming a real American.
1: Yes, so congratulations to him. Can I just say, like, you know, what is it, two weeks in now? I think, like, the crown and scepter thing... Really unnecessary. You he know, looks like, like an idiot. Yeah, like they they put they put him up there, and like here's Randy Orton, like you know, like cool as can be. And then next to him is this like grown ass Yeah, wearing like a giant cape, like looking like the Wiz, like with a with a throne, like a cartoon. So
0: but just give him a scepter that he can use as
1: a weapon. That's it. You don't need the stupid sure. cape. You don't even need the crown.
0: Give him the scepter,
1: or, or like a special necklace. A special like, you know, um, uh, glove, special glove. Sure, a loaded <laughs> glove.
0: Yeah, congratulations. Here's your here here's why you had to win all those matches in the tournament. This it, is what you get. Here's it, your
1: glove. It really takes the edge off to me, like of like all that he accomplished in that tournament. Like coming out of that tournament, I looked at Baron Corbin as like a serious competitor. But every time I look up at the stage and see him like in this like you know, goofy Halloween outfit. It it just kinda makes me think of him as a cartoon. So at the
0: end of this, with this Crown Jewel match, it tells me that this five on five match, number one, it's going to be pushed as one of the big matches on the show. Uh and probably is going to ignore whatever the outcome of the draft is, because yeah. there's no way that you're not going to have talent from both sides on either team here. So you're mm-hmm. kind of ignoring the draft immediately. On top of that you're doing a five-on-five match a couple weeks before. You're probably going to have to come back with a similar concept at the Survivor Series.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did they say if this was an l- elimination?
0: They didn't say that. They just said five-on-five match. Right. So yeah. it may just be one fall to a finish, which,
1: I mean, that's fine. Well, maybe you don't do it. At, well, I guess Survivor Series is going to be raw and SmackDown. down if they do yeah. that and probably not not even. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It will. it'll be the women. So It'll be completely different.
0: At the Survivor Series. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll do a series of matches there. All right. Then we had Rusev backstage, and Charlie asks him, where is Lana? And he wouldn't give an answer. He says he's not here to talk about his problems at home. He stepped up to save Rollins, and he owes him. And he makes a challenge for the
1: Universal title tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah, we're introduced to the Lana storyline here. Where is Lana?
0: What well, we would find out by the end of the night. We go to the room. Rezar and Akam are seated. And they grew up thousands of miles apart, but on the same street corner of dystopia and atrocity. What are the odds?
1: Can you Google map that? It's
0: uh, it's a 842 area code, I think. Okay, dystopia and atro- how do you come up with a, a line like this? We grew up thousands of miles apart, but you on know the same street corner of dystopia and atrocity.
1: I really Not one or the other the intersection of both I, I part of me really feels like um maybe the person taking subtitles or doing the subtitles might be taking a couple liberties or uh, because I'm really curious to know like what he's actually saying, and maybe it's something completely different. I just
0: imagine, like, if you were in a legitimate fight with someone on a street corner
1: and they came out with that shit. Wait a second. No. These two are authors. So clearly they have great vocabulary in their native That's the tongues. gimmick now?
0: They're, yeah. they're they They are proficient in the art behind the trash talk. Of course. Well, at least give me some rhyming patterns or something. Whoever lives by the sword dies by the sword. But the sword is just a metaphor for violence. Man, like, are you... Sorry, I, this th- is... Ra- there was an opening for a line here that the pen is mightier than the sword, but they didn't go for that one.
1: Are you? Did you just recap Rezar's promo? Yes. Because, like, I was trying to follow this thing. It was fast. Dude, it was like a math equation. Like, these guys are authors and they're, they're mathematicians. Because he was, like, saying, like, doing this is violent. Being... Being... Uh, raised by by uh people who hate violence is violence and then such and such is violence and therefore violence is uh makes you an author of pain it was it was like really difficult and i I guess uh you know I credit them for for being able to perform it. I thought it was really cool. I'm kind of joking, but you know I thought it was still cool
0: from there uh, uh was there any, oh uh Rezar loves violence. But those who love violence learn to crave it, and he who lusts for violence learns to bring forth the violence. He who is the violence becomes
1: the authors of pain. It's exactly what I was just trying to recap, so thank you, John. Oh, gosh.
0: Um, Yeah, this is, uh, maybe the Riddler is going to be their manager.
1: Is he a WCW guy?
0: I mean, like the Batman character.
1: I know. Legit. You know uh Robocops showing up at Starcast with surfers. Yeah, things? they're they're going just with
0: the early nineties WCW nostalgia. Like they're going full in on that era. I think which it's- I guess it's a clever way to go about it when you've you know, you've gotta get creative and there's gonna be a lot of the same names over and over. You gotta find these different eras. So I I think that they're doing a pretty good job.
1: Like uh, for sure. Like in go- a guy like Steve Borden can get like multiple, you know, like Uh, careers out of this like man imagine like glenn jacobs going in as isaac yankum wouldn't want that photo op there's
0: there's definitely like a value in that like that they can uh they can recycle some of these guys with different different characters so we'll see how it does viking raiders versus the oc this is where we learned about larping
1: yeah so you know like I would say Deal Madden, for the most part on this broadcast, wasn't really that noticeable. He was actually, most of the feedback I I saw online was just people saying, is he even there? Like, you know, you can barely hear him because he he didn't really have a, a ton to say for most of this show. But I think we've found his wheelhouse. We know his comfort zone as a commentator. His area of expertise is LARPing. And he informs us that the Viking Raiders are not LARPers.
0: He also worked in... Because the sponsor was Gears 5. And, yeah. And Madden said that... Uh, did you just say this? No. Okay, sorry. Uh, that we have a few members of the Locust Horde going at it.
1: You know, I think he'll, he will really endear himself to that demographic. Like, just the geeky... You know, like... Uh, otaku demographic. You know, as he claim, claims himself to be. So, I think there's really something like with him that will make the show feel current and unique, but it'll take time for that to come out. And certainly we didn't really see that much of it on this show.
0: I think any commentary team, you you need to judge them after a longer sample and not just go off of one show. Like, as you mentioned, this is their first show together and I'm a big fan of Vic Joseph. I have no worries about him, um, you know, assuming this position as the lead voice. And I I was very I, I was very happy with Lawler. Like, yeah, you get his jokes and stuff, but honestly, I, I thought he did. I, I don't think he warranted criticism coming out of this show. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think Madden, you know, for someone that has realistically been doing this about a month, I think that, you know, you...
1: There's potential.
0: Yeah. Like, it's it's not like this guy sounded horrible tonight. And he was, you know, in front of the there's, largest audience he's ever done this in front of. There's I potential, and,
1: and it's almost, like, too bad that, you know, it's like an NXT call-up that gets called up too soon. Right. You're you're putting them at risk of like you know uh potentially overexposing themselves or exposing them to a, a wider audience when they might not be ready. So hopefully he can avoid that.
0: Yeah, like like if you're looking for who is ready, like it's it's no question that you know he maybe could have fit more in NXT with with Nigel getting the call up to do Raw.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you can make the argument that you know Nigel should be on. NXT now that it's on such a bigger platform.
0: Uh, In this one, Eric received the tag. Uh, He's attacking Anderson with strikes. The crowd's quiet. There was a knee strike to Anderson. They go through the commercial break. Eric then lifts Carl for the diving clothesline off the middle rope by Ivar. Ivar then hits a dive onto Carl. Gallows gets dropped and Ivar hits a splash from the top and gets the win.
1: I thought it was a really cold match. You know, the the story I don't think was... um, that evident i know these two have been like feuding like i uh, probably seemingly forever but there's no investment at all in whatever these guys are fighting over no pre-match promos wrestling was fine but i felt like it was really a match that was pretty similar to the heavy machinery match and it didn't really do that much for the, for this crowd i sense
0: yeah i think they were just the crowd was kind of tuned out of this one uh, viking raiders go over charlie says that neither ray or dominic will return tonight and says that Lesnar and Heyman are still in the building and demanding to address their actions, and most people are calling the actions criminal. And Cesaro walks in saying nothing was criminal. He liked it. And Lesnar stole the opportunity to beat the crap out of Dominic, and he gets confronted by Ricochet, who's standing up for Dominic, and says that you won't do a damn thing, and even as tall as you are, you aren't half the man that Ray is. And Cesaro says, I am literally twice the size of Ray. And it, Ricochet says, if you want to show how big you are, how about you prove it out in the ring? And then Cesaro brought out a tape measure and said, that will not be necessary. I know I am bigger than you and Ray. Yeah. That's how conflict was resolved here. Ricochet Cesaro. Cesaro
1: accompanied by his uh, caprice, Yeah. Like, why is he still wearing caprice? This is his new look now. I thought last week, like he had his bag stolen or something. Remember last week or two weeks ago, he was like, "Oh, oh, this is a match now." Oh, okay, I guess I'm gonna wrestle this. Like he had to like. No, verbally- this is his gear. He had yeah. to verbally justify the-, the fact that he was like wrestling in street clothes. But I guess he he enjoyed it so much he decided to stick around with it. Such an odd change. Like usually, like th- this dude
0: looks fantastic. Like I-, I don't know why you would be uh you know
1: covering your legs. Well, they're they're capris, so, you know, you get to still still see a plenty of ankle.
0: Yeah, well, maybe maybe he wants some focus to be placed upon his ankles.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. A very fashionable man. Yeah, it's it's very awkward to watch this guy wrestle in these. Um, I think it's awkward to see anybody like walk around in just capri pants and no shirt. <laughs>
0: Uh, ricochet hit the Fosbury flop then there was a backbreaker by Cesaro ricochet comes off the turnbuckle but gets stomped down Cesaro hit a gts for a two count the neutralizer gets stopped and then ricochet hits a springboard somersault into the west coast pop and wins in 245 really spectacular finish here um this was just it was a real short match but um Mm -hmm. very cool finish to it
1: really excellent i mean two of the most athletic guys in the entire business so you know I feel like I say this often about like a lot of ricochet matches and a lot of Cesaro matches, but sign me up for like a best of seven between these two. And then maybe they could turn into a tag team. Yeah, for sure. They could, uh, they could go that route. Um,
0: would they wear matching capris? Hmm. Hmm. They would have to match, right? Um, yeah, sure. Firefly Funhouse Ramblin' Rabbit is literally scared to death and as he dies they go to play the theme to Taps the others are terrified of what will happen to Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell Bray says you can enter but never truly leave Hell in a Cell and Rollins will be trapped in there with him and he has a bad feeling that he cannot wait to hurt Seth and then a light bulb pops over his head for his thought and he tells him To be nice to Rollins, but then laughs, just kidding. And this was our go-home promo for Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Bad
1: bad things are going to happen to Seth Rollins. Right, yeah. He might die. Um, yeah. I thought this was, like, fine. It was okay.
0: It was alright. Not not one of the better Firefly Funhouse matches for me. I I think people, though, are interested in this match. Like, The Fiend has been... Um, pretty pretty well executed as a character, and I think people are genuinely curious to see if they actually go ahead and put the title on him. I get the sense they get out of this match somehow. I I would be somewhat surprised if they took the title off Rollins now, when it seems like he has so much
1: as kind of the focal point of Raw, but we will find out on Sunday. It's true. I think it also, you know... I I do worry that they will overexpose this fiend character and I almost feel it like on this episode where even by the end of it, it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. He's sticking his fingers down his throat. The specialness of it is is starting to wear off. And certainly that'll be, you know, exacerbated, exacerbated if he had the uh, championship. So maybe I would agree with you.
0: AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander for the United States title. They went through the break quickly And then this turned into, I I thought a really entertaining match. We saw a spinning elbow land for AJ. Cedric got him on his shoulders and hit uh, TJP's detonation kick. Then AJ blocked the lumbar check, hit an inverted DDT crowds uh, going here in the match, getting very hot for this. He runs into a Michinoku driver, AJ kicks out of that, Styles Clash gets avoided, there's a roll-up, and then the lumbar jet check gets countered a second time, and AJ rolls in to hit the Styles Clash and pins Cedric. I thought for the time they had, I, I really enjoyed this a lot.
1: Yeah, I thought so. You know, Crowd was really engaged for this one. I thought it was another good TV match for this edition of Raw. No explanation about why Cedric might be getting the title shot despite multiple losses um, and yet another one here so maybe he'll get another title shot maybe he'll get a world title shot after this
0: well yeah this this should set him up now for something bigger this is his uh, third loss to, to yeah. AJ in some form or fashion so yeah this should uh, logically he gets the winner of Rollins and the Fiend Yeah, he should Pretty main prof- event Wrestlemania after like 10 losses in a row You could just take off the rest of the year. The Street Profits. way. what would you think of their new shirts? These were much more uh, in line with uh,
1: WWE shop designs. Oh, you know what? I didn't even notice them, honestly. So maybe... These these were not their shirts you enjoyed last week. Well, yeah, maybe, you know, if you want to get noticed, wear a really ugly shirt.
0: They will not say the Fiend's name because they believe if you say his name three times, he'll appear and they say that people want to know when they're going to wrestle again, it'll be this Wednesday, because they are still NXT. Never mention their opponents, never mention they're going for the NXT tag titles, but you will get to see them in action this Wednesday.
1: Do you think this continues after um, the draft? The Street Profits continuing to appear on Raw? I took this as a
0: decent chance. I I think it's going to be indicative of how they're booked on Wednesday, because I think if they lose clean in the rematch to O'Reilly and Fish... I think they get drafted. Yeah. But if they uh, somehow put the title on them or shoot an angle, I could see them staying on NXT, but I think it comes down to how they're booked on, on Wednesday. And if I had to guess, I I don't know this, but I could see Wednesday just kind of being their swan song. And like, they've just invested so much in these guys on raw that it would just seem so silly to put them right back to NXT after you spent the entire summer spending a, a
1: segment every week on these guys. See, I think that should have been their promo. Everything you just said. Come watch to see how we're booked on Wednesday, and if we win, we'll probably stay in NXT. But if we lose, you know, we're probably going to be called up. Zach's you know, if, if
0: they are getting called up, they should have said that in this promo that we have to win these tag titles, and if we don't, we're we're done in NXT. Right. That would have been a good like reason to have. It, if they are, in fact, leaving, but that's on Wednesday. One of the many title matches on Wednesday's show. Lacey Evans and Natalya, which are becoming the, uh, Sarah Logan, Dana Brooke of Raw. Who? The match that happens every week, it seems, on main event. What? How many How many Lacey evans Natalia matches? I'm just saying, we've seen this match a lot.
1: I feel like three, you know? Maybe with some variation, like, because I, I think of the previous week it was Lacey doing the sharpshooter poorly, um... So this feud has been going on for at least the the entire month.
0: Evans smashed Natalia's head into the steps from the apron. Evans is in control until she gets yanked off the buckle and then attacks Evans with shots in the corner. There's a discus lariat. I thought Natalia looked really great here. And to be honest, like Lacey should be working with Natalia at all the house shows. And I think this is the best person for her to be doing these uh, matches with. Natalia goes to set up the sharpshooter, but not just any sharpshooter. Because before she applied, she went to apply it. She called her a bitch, and then got her eyes gouged. And so it makes it more effective. Yes, it's
1: absolutely more effective if you're calling them a bitch before you apply <laughs> the sharpshooter. Did, did Brett like create this after his career? Like, did Brett secretly use this or
0: bitch? I bet you there were many times with Sean, I'm sure that word was uttered. (laughs) That's right. So she rates Natalia's eyes. And this this was one for the ages. She rolls up Natalia and they say she's yanking the tights. She gets the pinfall. Now, picture Natalia's outfit in your mind. This woman wears a full bodysuit. There are no tights to yank. Mm. So, I don't know what she was hooking, but that was the idea, that she was hooking the tights for leverage in her, like, leather (laughs) bodysuit. I just gave up.
1: (laughs) There's nothing to grab. It's true, yeah. Like, maybe, I don't know, was there, like, a thread that was sticking out that, you know, you could (laughs) use for leverage? It's kind of a tricky... Uh, finish to do with somebody in a bodysuit. You're right.
0: Like, and then, and then after the match, she nails her with the woman's right. So I'm just wondering, could she have not just raked the eyes and then sucker punched her for the win? Like that to me would have just been easy. Like she still gets the heel victory because she. But
1: it's not a sucker punch; it's her finish.
0: But she's raked the eyes, so she's blinded, and yeah, okay. then you hit her with the punch. It's not. It's not fair. It's still a heel win. But instead, she pulled the imaginary tights.
1: Well, hmm. sir. Wow. Sarah, Sh- I, do you think this ahead. is the end of this feud? No, or are no, we going to no, see no, another no. one of these every week at ten thirty p.m. on a Monday night?
0: This is the ten thirty match. Yes. Yeah. Sarah Schreiber interviewed Paul Heyman. He blames Vince McMahon for what happened earlier tonight. Um, I'm sure many people are going to be blaming Vince McMahon for what happened later tonight. Yes. He says, it's Vince McMahon and WWE management's fault for scheduling Brock Lesnar on the season premiere of Raw when Brock is in fight mode. And there's a lot of wannabe tough guys in WWE. There's a lot of tough guy, wannabe tough guys in this industry and a lot of wannabe tough guys in MMA. But there, are no, there is not one who can do anything about what Brock did earlier tonight.
1: Yeah. So
0: certainly teasing something in there.
1: I- yeah. Huh. Makes you wonder. Um, you know, it was a good promo. I thought overall, and I thought it did a good job reminding us about Brock versus Kobe on Friday. Um, I wonder if this was supposed to signal to something beyond even that.
0: Uh, it could. I think that, you know, the lines he used there, uh, I think we're obviously deliberate and
1: what's, I'd which be very lines- surprised
0: in particular uh, about, stood out to I you. mean, we, we have want to be. T- I mean, he was throwing out ideas of want to be tough guys in WWE, want to be tough guys in wrestling, and want to be tough guys in MMA. And there isn't one who can do anything about it. So huh. I think you, you can look at I, I definitely would expect Ray and like Ray has to show up in some form on SmackDown. The question is, are they building to something bigger with Brock Lesnar? And maybe we'll see on Friday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um hmm. If it was a program with ray, like would that with those lines have even made sense? Like if it was only to delete the ray? Um
0: I think it could be bigger. Yeah. Charlie is with Maria Canellis, a pregnant Maria Canellis, and she way your questions have been answered. Rusev is not the father officially.
1: Okay, thank you. I was wondering
0: Maria says that Rusev has enough going on with Lana and she storms out and Sasha storms in and just takes over the microphone. First rule, never give up the microphone and says, Becky isn't man enough for her. She is the blueprint. She is the standard. She will show her carnage at hell in a cell and no man will win her match.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I did right. like,
0: I like the style of this where it felt organic that Charlie was, or was it Charlie? Yeah, it was Charlie. Like she was almost like just getting ready to throw back. And then Sasha just storms in and grab the microphone. And it wasn't your typical backstage WWE interview. So I like that. And it was, you know, a fine promo for the 30 seconds it lasted.
1: It was different. Yeah, I like it. They were trying new things.
0: A limo arrives backstage and we go to break. So always uh, the the intrigue.
1: Who is in the limo? It's always like a limo or like a uh, what is it, a Cadillac, Cadillac or some type of like thing. It's never like a Prius or you know Honda Accord.
0: Didn't didn't was it Daniel Bryan or Mick Foley they once had drive up in some piece of shit? Don't remember. I feel it was one of them. They had some crappy rental car.
1: Ford Focus.
0: Nothing wrong with a Ford Focus. No. Perfectly economical car. I I like I like I, I did my driver's lessons in a Ford Focus.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Cool. <laughs>
0: Seth comes out for the main event. Orton and Corbin are just on the stage. They're just walking. They are gonna be the king of the ring set for the next month going into the Saudi Arabia show. They're just gonna be on yeah. the set as the opponents fight. They're
1: so part they're of They're just the,
0: standing there. They were literally decoration for this uh match.
1: And part of the Pyro budget?
0: I hope they get out of the way of the pyro because now the we didn't even mention that all the pyro, they went nuts with this off the top of the show.
1: Oh man. I thought Seth's entrance looked really cool with all the fire.
0: His, his theme is so designed for that. Um, Now rain rains as well, you know, where he does like uh, where he comes out and can do like his little, you know, fist deal. And maybe the big fist is coming back on SmackDown on the set. Mm. It'll be Romans. It'll be a n it'll be a mechanical fist that like cocks.
1: Okay, wow. Cool.
0: Seth Rollins and Rusev. Rusev starts off the match with a follow away slam, sending Rollins to the floor, and then an image of the fiend appears as we cut to
1: break. They've been doing that a lot um across a lot of the their media. Vic
0: Joseph uh, got, like, tongue-tied here, but he may have stumbled upon the greatest name that we can bestow upon the team of Randy Orton and Baron Corbin when he called them Randy Orbin. <laughs> Randy Orbin. He was quick to, repeat, to correct himself, but I'm fine with Randy Orbin describing <laughs> these two. Rollins hit his suicide dives, and then... We went back and forth here. Rollins avoided the machka kick, caught him with the falcon arrow, and then missed with the stomp and went for the springboard into a kick when all of a sudden Bobby Lashley's music played and out comes Bobby Lashley, who I guess just showed up (laughs) in his trunks, all set to go. Yeah. This is how this guy just walks from the hotel to the arena, back and forth. And he is waiting and he is waiting and he is waiting And then Lana's music plays and Lana comes out and Rusev is just staring as Lashley and Lana just make out and then they stop and then they go back to it and it is just going on forever as Rusev is so awkwardly watching and there's no roll up by Rollins. Rollins is not going to take the distraction victory here, obviously, but then the lights cut out And the fiend attacks Rollins with the mandible claw on the floor to end the show as Lashley and Lana were presumably just going at it at the top of the ramp as we went off the air.
1: Yeah, so I think we're getting a stable of beta cucks.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's another cuckold
1: storyline. Can you believe it, John? Man. Man. I thought it was like once in a decade we get one of these, but no, it's clearly a formula that's working for them. Ratings are through the roof. Uh, I think this is a real renaissance for modern professional wrestling in 2019 and beyond. Cuckold storylines. He said this one's real. I think Lance Storm had the, the best tweet.
0: He said that Randy Savage once told him that, I once did an angle with my wife, and I no longer have a wife.
1: Well, that was his advice to Lance. Don't, don't you never th- do an angle with your wife. Wasn't this part maybe even the impetus of why the dude got married the first time? Remember when they tried this with the what Ziggler and then like they dropped that because these two got married?
0: Well, it was it was very confusing because yeah, they were in the midst of the storyline as that was all going on on TMZ about the like I, I can't remember their engagement or yeah, yeah. whatever was going on at, at the time. But
1: So you gotta think what what else is does this guy have? Like, you know, what else can
0: he? W- do? What a return for Rusev! Like, what a what a number
1: in three weeks that yeah. they have done on this dude. Well, you know what? Up until this particular part of the show, I actually thought this this was a good rebound. You know, the guy came in for for the save on your world champion Seth Rollins, got announced as part of the team, and then challenges Seth Rollins in the main event of the show. Everything was going great for Rusev, and you know, they turned it up here. So it it can- gets. <laughs> I don't know in their minds. It gets people talking like this is, you know, unpredictable TV. I also don't put it past them that perhaps there are ulterior motives for something like this. Cause it was fucking uncomfortable for me, you know, just watching it. I don't even know this guy, but just to like, oh man, see this man, man, like watch his wife make up with a colleague.
0: Oh, that's obviously what weird. The, that was the impression they wanted to leave on you.
1: Yeah. Super weird.
0: That was raw, like a uh, very bizarre end to the show, and how would <laughs> is you that assess that a good this? thing or
1: bad? Um,
0: I didn't think this was a great ending to the show. I didn't think it... Um, Every fetish it satisfied,
1: I thought. You know, if you're into cuckold stuff, yeah. If you're into, like, uh, demons, got that. Um, maybe that's going to be the big push
0: for Hell in a Cell is maybe there's, um, maybe there's a tape.
1: Oh, Maybe. You know, I will say, I thought this was a very fresh feeling raw, like between the set and the commentators. And I think like stylistically, just like a lot of different, I thought, I thought all the matchups that you saw on on the show were like really decent, you know, for the most part, at least like in terms of like, you know, AJ versus Cedric. And you also had, uh, uh, you know, even Rusev and, and Rollins or Cesaro and Ricochet, like on paper, I think all these matches are good. Um, in execution, I can't really tell you if any of these matches were really worth going out of your way to see they were good, but I almost feel like for TV, that's not as important as having like the star power on the show and having interesting matches that people might want to flip through channels and stop and watch. I thought they, they, they provided quality in that sense, but you know, th- the big angle with Ray and, and, and Brock, um, was really good off the top we had a lot of push for Kofi versus Brock, which I thought was very effective, but also a lot of focus on hell in a cell, of course on Sunday. And surprisingly a a big amount here at the end for crown jewel.
0: Yeah. Um, They're starting the build immediately for crown jewel. And I'm, I'm kind of amazed that they, that that became a priority this week. Yeah. You know what I mean? With all that's on their plate, that crown jewel was enough that they had to get that going. But I guess you know, this was the week that you know what I, I disagree with that. I actually feel that whatever they're doing with Hogan and Flair on SmackDown, um, we'll see. Y- you could have set this up next week and had and saved Hogan and Flair for next week. And you know, well, granted, we don't is the know big what one,
1: though. this is the big number that they want, and
0: uh, whatever, it's, fi- it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's it was it's not as though I will,
1: I, I, will I would argue I think, that, that I, think like... this, I think the cuckold thing they probably could have saved for next week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they um, – well, maybe they, they couldn't help themselves on that one. But, I mean, if you, if you were going to choose, like, do we – granted, Crown Jewel is a very big show for them financially, uh, whatever your thoughts are uh, about that show. But nonetheless, it's a lot more important to them than Hell in a Cell is. And, you know, I I think from the get-go, we realized Hell in a Cell was going to be lost in this shuffle, and I don't necessarily uh, blame them for that. And this is largely – They've announced the three matches that I think people have the most interest in, and I think the rest is just going to be filling out a card for Sunday. But yeah. this is a show that it does not have to be some four and a half hour marathon. I think they could get away with, you know, you do your kickoff and then two and a half hours, and everyone's good.
1: I think that'd be great, you know. And and what you suggested earlier about maybe some of the the matches on Friday potentially getting pushed or at least getting rematches on a Sunday, I could definitely see that happening.
0: The problem is, though, of the matches announced, everyone's booked in a match on Hell in a Cell except for Owens and Shane. And maybe that's it. Yeah, I I would not disagree with that, whether they push that to Hell in a Cell or if you really want it on Fox, you could do an angle and just hold it up a week. I don't think anyone would complain. You are not going to leave that SmackDown show uh, feeling that you didn't get a lot of big stuff because there's a ton of big stuff scheduled and – Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think The Rock and Austin carry that show along with Brock and Kofi. And right. I, w- I would hold off on Owens and, and Shane because yeah, you put that for 20 minutes on TV. I, I think that that would do a really big number, uh, doing like a crazy ladder match that the following week or the even the week after could use. I, I don't even know if putting it on Hell in a Cell would be my call. I think I would right. want it
1: on Fox. Sure yeah you know hell in a cell i think with three matches maybe this is like the future of these b-level shows because what's the priority right now it's not these network pay-per-views it's your tv yeah. so maybe three matches with with some decent build they might consider it to be enough
0: all right uh we have got a bunch of feedback to this show so we are gonna do our best to get through it um a lot of votes for this show, so let us see what everyone thought of the season premiere of
1: Raw. Do you have uh, your own rating? Um, I give the show uh maybe a uh, for the freshness. I give it a seven, a five point seven one from our forum.
0: A pass by a small margin.
1: Yeah, not not really good actually.
0: Brandon from Oshawa, I think if this show had taken place any other week, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. It wasn't bad at all, but I was expecting more from the season premiere. There were way too many rematches. Rusev looks like the biggest idiot in the company. He's a vicious heel for two weeks, randomly makes a face turn, and now is involved in the second cuckold storyline on the show. I guess we know that interracial is number two on Paul Heyman's Pornhub search now as well. Why the hell did this guy just stand there while Bobby Lashley was practically manhandling his wife? Why was Rey Mysterio
1: perfectly fine after getting destroyed Wait a second, what was he supposed to do? They're separated, aren't they? Was he supposed to run down and, like, shove them? She's her own person.
0: He also asks, Rey, surviving three F5s, uh, what was the point in building a big title match like Rollins and Mysterio only to sacrifice it to this angle? I don't think you can judge this until we see the the follow-up of how this angle... Like, this may be setting something up uh, much larger than just a... Rollins and Ray TV match that was going to go 10 minutes
1: yeah yeah I don't think so I don't think Rollins and Ray was ever really the point you know
0: no I this it was a it this was, was a great angle and we'll see what what it leads to I don't think this was done just for uh just to be one and done tonight and this is never revisited I think there's a natural follow-up to this on Friday and potentially shooting a big angle with it so, yeah we'll see um mysterious should have been wheeled
1: out on the stretcher he says uh, he gives us three out of 10. We go to Paul from New Jersey, who says, Hogan gets booed in San Francisco, cheered in Arizona. As an American, that doesn't surprise me in the least. I can't say this didn't work. I enjoyed him in flair. Rick is out of his mind, but I really enjoy him. Totally thought The Fiend was going to waste both of them. Dio is green, but good. Vic Joseph is terrific. Lawler didn't annoy me as much as I thought he would, but I still think this is a miscast. Seems like he botched bringing up Becky as it felt like the commentators were supposed to be surprised by her presence. Glad to see Rusev... Getting some kind of decent booking. I wrote this before the main event.
0: <laughs>
1: Lacey Evans outside of the ring is great. Lacey Evans inside of the ring is not so great. I hope you gentlemen don't enjoy sunshine because with this schedule, neither of you will be seeing any of it. Well, that's not true. Like the daytime, you know, we might take a walk. Yeah, we'll go for
0: We'll go for some old jogs every now and then come out of a cave. Next up, uh, I'm, I'm going to skip down here uh, because there are a lot here. Um, okay, Derek writes: I was really looking forward to RAW today, and it really disappointed me. Ray had Ray being taken out sucked, especially with it being built up so much. Rusev looks like a fool. Only saving grace on the show with Styles and Alexander. A five out of ten.
1: And there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly you know understand people's disappointment if they really wanted to see Ray versus Rollins, and yeah, I did too. Um. Yeah, it's too bad. They, they, they told you on the show, though,
0: they're gonna give you that match. So I, I'm fine with that. I think, I think they'll get to it at at some point. Um, yeah. you know, the fact that Rollins did that promo, I think, tells you that they
1: are not just throwing that match out completely. Right. We got an MJ. What did I just watch? That was beautiful absurdity from start to finish. Pyro and effects make the stars feel like stars, and Raw without Corey Graves was a delight. No Cole was refreshing as well their stick was not missed and therefore the show felt different which i think was the point. Cole Hammer's home the same selling points ad nauseum. None of that was missed tonight and i didn't feel the promotional spots were lacking. No way flair was sober. That segment was a train wreck and i loved it. Best those guys could have done present day. It's no ju- it's a joke to me they are out th- there so watching a car crash is just fine. Okay, finally, why did we watch Lashley and Lana make out for so long? So long that you realize how dumb this stuff is, and then they were interrupted by The Fiend, who attacked on the outside, leaving a sad Rusev all alone in the dark. What a sad Rusev day. Andy and Columbus, the less is more
0: aesthetic, and the bigger is better aesthetic, colliding to create the new Raw set is probably the most interesting thing about this week's show. It's a bummer because I've been enjoying the show lately, and they really overthought pretty much
1: everything. Five out of ten who says I don't remember which of you said it but you were right ACDC for Raw just isn't working well actually ACDC Smackdown
0: yeah they're the Smackdown theme this, this is, is skillet skillet yeah there's a difference
1: uh, he says on the plus side for tonight my non-fan roommate watched the first hour with me and absolutely loved the Ray Dominic stuff by the end of hour one he was regretting declining a ticket to Smackdown this Friday I thankfully am wiser than he and will be there For the first 90 minutes or so, I felt the show was doing a great job of keeping my attention, making me want to stick through the commercial. Things felt more urgent and better paced. The last half of the show seemed to fall off an excitement cliff. The main event left me annoyed, but not with the WWE. They left me annoyed at myself for not anticipating something like this on the season goddamn premiere. But oh well. On to Friday for me.
0: Chris from Pennsylvania. Not really sure what to make of tonight's show, but I think we'll have a better idea after SmackDown on Friday. In addition to the brand split, there may be philosophical a philosophical split between the two, where Raw is the show with the Firefly Funhouse and Cheating Wives, and SmackDown is the more reality-based show. We'll see how it all plays out in the weeks to come. Six out of ten. Not a great show, but I certainly was not bored.
1: Chris Thunder from Down Under. In my opinion, this commentary team made a three-hour Raw even more of a struggle than normal. Honestly, Vic Joseph was the only glimmer of hope from the broadcast team tonight. As for the new guy, Dino was it? He was utterly useless and should be replaced with Phillips or Saxton ASAP. The confusing booking of Seth having a championship match with Ray canceled, followed by a match with Randy not starting, and a championship match with Rusev ending in a no contest, I guess as it went off the air with the bell not ringing. Is he injured going to hell in a cell? No, I don't think so. He's had his fingers stuck in his mouth. Yeah, but we
0: learned tonight what the recovery time is for the mandible claw because Jerry Lawler was not uh, affected by the mandible Lawler.
1: Oh okay,
0: from August nineteenth to September thirtieth. That was his recovery time.
1: Um. So, what do you you think Rollins will be ready by Sunday?
0: Well, Rollins has taken it before, so I mean he yeah. technically has beaten Jerry Lawler's uh, recovery.
1: And how do he he sell uh, effects of a mandible claw? Would he? Clutch, I don't know, but his I, mouth a lot. I, but I feel once you can call a match
0: then Bray, to be fair, has to take your picture down from the wall with the X's through your
1: eyes. Perhaps. Because you've no longer been X'd away. Right. Uh, AEW question. Do you think they will use the dark segment after their main events to film upcoming BTE in front of the crowd?
0: I don't know if BTE stuff really works in front of a crowd.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't think so either.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe like the you know
1: because of the
0: the odd scene you can do, but it, I, I I can't see them doing a lot of stuff in front of the crowd. It's like it's that's uh, not what the show really is. Not
1: necessarily for BTE, but I certainly think like there's there's space for the dark segment to be something that they'll put on their digital platform. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. They can so.
0: definitely do things like um, you know whether it's speeches to the crowd like they do at the end of ROH shows or. You know, many different ideas you can do. And of course, like matches that they can tape for other use. Jay from Colorado. uh, He says that as a person who works in the cannabis industry, the street profits. We want the smoke. Catchphrase is the cringiest (laughs) thing I've seen on the WWE this week. Also, as a parent, I wouldn't want my kid emulating that AJ Styles. Not having pyro is a war crime. I was happy to see some pyro return, though. Other than that, all I have to say is there wasn't a single thing that would get me to tune in next week if I was a new or returning fan. Sorry, that wasn't short and sweet. K from Colorado. He said, this is Jay from Colorado, but I think he was, I, he's clearly making a joke here because he has spelled K from Colorado with K's. Or I'm me- too late or he's been oh. too much into the cannabis tonight.
1: Okay. All right. Cool. Um. Anyway, uh, Brandon from New Jersey. Good evening, Wayne and Johnny. Raw was mad weird, from the vert ramp jumbletron to the return of Lana to the reenactment of lethal lockdown in Ramada, Saudi Arabia. Ramada. Um, That's a joke because there was a lethal
0: lockdown. lockdown with Team Hogan and right. Team Flair, which the Impact Twitter account tweeted out during Raw, which oh, was very funny. I wonderful. thought on their behalf. Yes,
1: they had tried to have you so- to give you something to talk about at the water cooler Tuesday morning, and boy oh boy, it delivered. Wonder what Tuesday will bring, and also Friday. Pro wrestling is a crucible. Godspeed to you guys. <laughs> John, Thought thought thoughts on Mark O. Madsen, and do you think, like me, he is title-worthy in a year and change?
0: You know what? This past weekend, I did not watch any of the UFC, and I ended up watching none of the Bellator either after I jinxed it last week saying how everything was spaced out, there would be no overlap. Well, then we got a 90 minute delay to the new Japan show and that screwed up everything. So I watched the new Japan show. And by the time that ended, I mean, it was like 1130 or so Bellator had started at 10, but so I didn't see Marco Madsen, but he seems to have been one of the the big stars coming out of the, the card in Denmark on Saturday. But did you get to see any of the Bellator selection
1: show? I have not. I've heard about it. Yeah,
0: you should. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Like you don't need to know anything going into it. It's just it's the round of eight for their featherweight Grand Prix. Everyone's won a fight to advance and they've got to draw numbers and then you pick. So if you're number one, you have four events from December, January, February and March to pick. So you can either choose to fight immediately in December. You can wait until March or somewhere in between. And as the names are filling up. Then you've got to start. You you can choose who you want to fight, or you can choose who you don't want to fight. And there's this cool little curveball at the end of it. I don't want to give it all away, but honestly, like, and, and Moro hosted it and did a very good job of explaining it all. Because you know, as I'm explaining it, you can see how it could get confusing. But I thought I I really loved it. I thought it was like really great what they did.
1: I think conceptually it's it's really fascinating. Because it was so fun. It's like he so- it gave a story for every
0: fight that. Right how they were set up and just the reaction from the guys in real time. Like I thought that's what I like about Bellator is they try stuff like that because UFC would never do something like that. And that's what I like about Bellator, that they will try stuff like this. And I thought this was a home run and smart on them to put that up on their YouTube. They didn't like keep this on, this is aired on the zone and they were smart to
1: get this up on their YouTube right away. Yeah. Cause like who they pick reveals a lot of maybe, you know, where they're at or what they think of their opponent. It's almost like, like a game of, like, Survivor or Big Brother.
0: Oh, that's, the strategy is it, – it was just so fascinating to watch. I I really enjoyed that um, cool. coming out of the show. All right. Uh, let's do a few more here. We go to uh, Guy. Good start. Just a little confusing as to how Ray could figure into the Brock and Kofi plans, if at all. Awkward Hogan and Flair segment. It still feels kind of gross to see Hogan back in the lovable legend role. The Sasha-Alexa match was fun. Becky's always entertaining. Decent to good tag matches on the show always help, but it would be nice to see them paired up a little differently every now and then. By far the biggest letdown was the Lana reveal. What a horrible way to reintroduce a character like Rusev. It's exactly what he didn't need while having a good main event title match. The whole makeout session totally took all the momentum out (laughs) of the fiend attack at the end. Do we really need another storyline where a guy's wife is sleeping around with other people on the roster? At least Bray Wyatt continues to be impressive despite the weird show
1: he was weaved into. I mean, a, a sentence like that out of context is like uh, the best thing you can like use to give a non-fan a recap of like what the stuff you're watching is on Monday. Uh, yeah, this match uh, came to an end after uh, one of the competitors' wives came out to make out with somebody else. <laughs> Wrestling is fucking crazy. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna imagine the six oh four. Imagine like. <laughs> This back WWE backstage show. <laughs> they got like real like sports analysts there. And oh they have my to God, like write like... the finish of the match and the results. <laughs> um <laughs> I love it. Matt in the 604. The opening segment was awesome. Dominic and Bump. The end of the show was lackluster and very attitude era. I'm not a fan of the commentary, but I guess we will see. Have you heard anything about Adam Cole being injured?
0: Um I, I think like there had been the the discussion I, I think Dave had a thing about like his like a wrist issue, I think. Um but, but, but uh, like no sign that he's it, not though. Yeah, I think like they've been limiting hit like his house shows, but like he's expected to be doing the show on uh on Wednesday. Oh yeah. 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 So um anyway. Hey, do you do you follow Oni Lorkin's uh yeah. Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Course. Davey reading Oni Larkin's Twitter, I, I hope that's a regular feature for them, but he had one today about a time that uh, John Cena complimented him on his match with Johnny Gargano, and Oni stating that he clearly thought I was Tommaso Ciampa. And this was all done in the capital letters. And that guy, like, that's how you do Twitter if you're a pro
1: wrestler. Not, like,
0: everyone could do it, but finding his own little thing that works, and it's really fun.
1: Yeah. Do you think, like, Uh, he'll be able to translate that to, like, on screen?
0: I think it'd be really bad uh, to try and take that. And uh, there's ways you could do it. Yeah. But just uh, the... The low-hanging fruit of you just scream? No, I wouldn't be a fan of that. But hmm. I'd love see. to see him try. I, I like what he's done with his Twitter account that separates him. Last one is Joe from H-Town. Really weird to see a couple of great matches on Raw. Ricochet and Alexander are amazing athletes. I may be in the minority, but I'm so sick of Brock Lesnar. Why should I be impressed that he beat up a high school kid? A makeout session is more important than a championship match? Rusev looked good saving Seth. Not so good by the end. Guess he was punished for taking a hiatus. Yeah, can't wait for AEW.
1: All right. Well, uh, John, at this point, do you uh, want to give any predictions, or did we are we going to save that? Well, I meant for uh, ratings.
0: Oh, uh, you know, I've thought about this. It's like the AEW one. I just like I don't even know what a estimate could be. Like I'm really, I don't really have any good. Feeling on like what AEW is going to do. Like, do you have a
1: do you have a good sense? I mean, uh, the big question is, of course, is whether or not um, you know we're talking about the same audience that will be split from NXT or or how many other people that weren't watching NXT these first couple weeks will be watching to wrestle uh, will be tuning into wrestling on a on a Wednesday. So, how big is the pie? I think it'll be bigger. I think it'll be um. I think it'll be at least, you know, um, what we it had hit, on the first NXT million. for okay. AEW.
0: The first NXT was 1,179,000 viewers. Mm-hmm. Do you think it could go that high?
1: Oh man. It's so tough.
0: I, my gut says, my gut says no. Like I'm yeah. going into this with like a measured expectation and I'm thinking, given that they're going against a really loaded show, I'm thinking like 900 to a million. But if they come out and do 1.5 million, like that's not going to floor me. Like I I really don't know with AEW NXT. I have a better sense that I feel they're going to do. I think they're going to do around the range of their first week around that because it's a loaded show, but it is two hours that they have to hold this audience. I think inevitably, Uh even if, it's a pretty solid NXT audience. I think there is going to be flip over just because people are going to want to see what's going on on that other channel. So, so it's really, are you predicting
1: like 2 million fans watching?
0: um, I think it'll be, I think the the total, I think it'll fall just under 2 million, but I'm saying, I'm hoping that both shows really perform well. Like both top, if both do top 900, I think that's, that's really encouraging. Very, very encouraging.
1: Yeah, for both of them. I think they both win. Um I'm going to guess I think even somewhere for me between 850 to 900 for AEW. You
0: know, it's also going to be an interesting one. So we got that um when they did that preview for All Out. That one did 390,000 viewers just a throwaway on a Friday night on TNT. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night they have at least promoted this countdown show and they've given you a reason to tune in like you'll be rewarded with finding out Jericho's partners i'm very curious what that show does because that may certainly alter people's expectations if that if that floors 390 it, like let's say that comes out and does 500,000 viewers like that's very encouraging for
1: for Wednesday for the actual show it is i, I wouldn't also like put that much into it i don't feel like they promoted that that one that much you know i I think more people are aware of it but but we didn't even hear about it on like bte last week like the the usual sources where you would get your aew news they never talked about that
0: well we'll see it's going to be regardless thursday uh, those numbers are going to be so heavily analyzed by everyone and really it's What are these shows doing two months from now? That's going to be ultimately determined. Same with SmackDown. SmackDown is going to be through the roof on Friday. But again, it's where is this going to settle
1: uh, come mid-November? Tomorrow really is more about just like, you know, a trivia note. Fun bragging rights. Like the first week NXT and AEW went head-to-head, who won? you know beyond that it i don't i don't really feel like it'll have lasting ramifications it's
0: and when and when attention is at its height for those two shows on the same night what is the ceiling for the amount of audience you can attract because yeah. that's going to be what you're going to try and hit in subsequent weeks that are not going to have the same hype that the first head-to-head week has yes so i'm excited very f- yeah it's uh, an enormous enormous week for professional wrestling so we will have tons of coverage this week uh, Tuesday night we've got Ask Away dropping for members of the Post Wrestling Cafe, and then Wednesday night Rewind to Dynamite with myself and Way, while Brayden and Davy will be up uh, chatting about. Up next, uh, I'm going to be planning to watch uh, both shows. Hopefully by the time we record, so Way and I, I think on Wednesday we should have some uh, our, our thoughts on the NXT show. And then you're going to try to
1: watch both shows by the time we record at 11. Yes. I'm, I'm going to at least try to watch most of these. You're going to have show. both, te- both uh, screens on is what you're trying to do.
0: I might have one on in the background as I'm watching uh, AEW. Okay. See. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's going to wrap it up, everybody. Uh, keep it posted at oh, – th- that sounds uh, kind of clever. Uh, keep it
1: posted at postwrestling.com. Nice. That is it. I'm exhausted. Good night.